Okay, good evening, people. Good morning, good afternoon. I have no idea where you are in the world and what time it is or even what day it is. But I can tell you it is football time. It is time for that fan-led football discussion with your boy, Cal Sirius, alongside the man like... Ash, what's happening? What's going on, Ashish? Yeah, I'm all right, man. It's been um, quite the weekend. Quite the weekend. But um, yeah, man, I'm all right. How are you? I've had the, uh, one of those weekends where not everything's going to call into plan. But the good thing is, the Arsenal results most definitely have gone according to plan. So that's the, that's the silver lining right there. Yeah, and the last cut, the last cut, the last, the last five days have been good for Arsenal. Can't deny that. We definitely can't deny it. I don't think anybody can. Even the um, Arteta out fans can't deny how well the team has done in recent times. Um, which is interesting because when we come to talk about the fixtures and the results, um, Arsenal was actually the first game on the list to talk about. God, I'm going to let you go. I, I feel like I feel like we need to just let like let the bounded enthusiasm be, be felt by everyone else. Let the enthusiasm run through. Look, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the goal scorers. Right, the score is three one. We've got a goal from Cristiano Ronaldo. We've got a goal from Nuno Tavares. A goal from Bukayo Saka and a goal from Granite Xhaka. Now. As we know, Arsenal had lost three games on the bounce, right? Some easy fixtures that you would have thought, come on, at least get a draw. And we lost. And then we come into this difficult period after getting slapped by Crystal Palace 3-0 and then losing to teams like that we should be beating. We come across Chelsea, do the business. We've done them 4-2. We come across Man United, done the business, done three one. Yeah, there was lots of luck along the way. <laughs> Definitely riding their luck. But it the fact is they got across the line, they got the result, they got the business done, injuries and all. And it was players like Eddie and Ketia stepping up, um, and players coming in like Mohamed El Neni being an absolute rock in the midfield. Um, in this particular game, right? You know Tavares scores the first goal, but it's like after that, what was going on with this guy? I have no idea. I, I think I literally saw exactly why he's been getting hauled off at half time because this guy was looking like a liability, looking like a ticking time bomb, and at any time he might do something stupid and we might concede another goal. Um, in fact, the goal that um the 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 goal that Man United could have scored was when Tavash handballed it. It was like a completely rash moment. He's handballed it in the box, just putting his arm up and jumping up for a header. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. And lucky for us, Fernandez missed the flipping penalty. He sent the keeper the wrong way, and then he missed the penalty, hit the post. So <laughs> he got off lucky because at the time, the score was 2-1. And if that would have went in, that would have been 2-2. That could have been, you know, that's the kind of thing where the, the momentum shift happens. Like, you know, Arsenal start to lose confidence and start thinking, oh, man, we're going to lose the game. And then Man United start to grow in confidence. They think, oh, we're coming back. We're going to do it. And then they, who knows? They could have ended up winning the game from that point. So I think Nuno Tavash is very lucky because he started being rash. He, his passes was sloppy, got himself booked. He got a yellow card. And I was thinking, take this guy off because the way he's playing, it's looking like something else stupid is going to happen. But... Mm. 
that eventually he just kind of he just kind of settled down and um you know uh next thing you know with 3-1 up Granit Xhaka scores an absolutely beautiful goal Shout out to Saka as well, because Saka put in one hell of a performance. I think there was a lot of performances on that pitch. There was a lot of potential man of the match performances in that game. Like Odegaard, like his passing is unreal. The ball that he played to put um, Saka through when he got brought down for the penalty was just class. It was just like that kind of deception where if you're defending against him, you you he's completely sold you. You're definitely thinking he's going to yeah. play in an Enketia with this ball, and he's just like a reverse pass chipped ball with the backspin on it, so it's not even really going anywhere. It's just like a little, toot, just just a little stab, and like nobody would have felt that coming in. And that's why Saka got fouled because nobody expected him to get the ball, um, and the defender was just running into him clumsily. But I could talk about this forever. Granite Xhaka, I absolutely love the goal that Xhaka scored. I love the penalty that Saka scored because, I mean, after him missing a penalty for England and all of that pressure that he was under and all the focus that he was under, it's just great to see him taking penalties. Two two games in a row, he's, he's scored penalties now. Um, so he's looking very confident. Definitely going to be over whatever hoodoo that or dark cloud that might have been over his head regarding penalties, and hopefully he'll be happy to take a penalty for England again, um, if that situation does arise. Zaka with a goal from long distance. I've always loved that in his game that he had goals in his game. When he first came to the club, he was slapping the ball in the back of the net on a regular basis with these long distance strikes. And I want to see that. I want to see that from him again. I want to see more of that from Jack. Fantastic goal. Beating Manchester United 3-1, putting ourselves back into contention for a top four spot. Tom Yasu coming off the bench in injury time, showing Ronaldo, dropping the shoulder on him, skipping past him, showing some feet. Ronaldo getting frustrated, getting a yellow card, fouling him. I absolutely loved it. So the fact that Tom Yasu's coming back now means that we can have a little bit more defensive solidarity going into this final run. And um, I think we need it because Tavash is looking a little bit shaky. So maybe we can move Cedric over to left back and then we can have um, Tommy Asu coming in at right back. Um, obviously, Gabriel and um, oh, Gabriel and White have been so solid for us. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jacker and Elneny, I think, I think they're playing well right now. And with Tommy Yasu coming in to add that extra little bit of parental solidarity, I think we could be okay. It's in our hands. We're level on points with Tottenham. We've got um, a game in hand on Man United, and Man United are like six points behind us now anyway. So it's firmly in our hands, two points above Spurs. If we just win all of our games from now to the end of the season, we will finish in the top four. But you know what Arsenal's like, man. So we're gonna have to see, but but man, two 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 consecutive wins against top six sides. I never thought that was gonna happen. I just want to say a well done and a shout out to everybody involved in that victory. Yeah, what <laughs> uh, more do I say to that? No, I think I think it was just a chaotic game, um, and there were big parts of that that game that could have just completely gone away from us. Um, I think Man United in the first 20 minutes were, were a shambles. 
Like they were they were so poor. Um great like yeah, great start. Nuno Tavares is just Jesus. Like it's it's hard work. I think um I think yeah, I think the one thing I probably would say is when you look at these games on paper, like they're obviously like our rivals and teams that were have you been just above us in Chelsea or in like in and around us being Man United we've kind of hit both played them at very good times so Chelsea was off the back of um, going out in the Champions League the week earlier um, I think they had a league game and just they seemed to just be slightly like that off again it was very much one of those weird games that was like to and fro could have gone any way and we happened to get like some good luck um, and then yeah we just really was able just to kind of like find the net really well um, we scored seven goals in the last two games against Chelsea and Man United, um, which says a lot, man. And yeah, I think I don't know, man. I think it kind of shines the lights on 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 kind of Lacazette and all the people that are speaking about oh, with Lacazette he does this and he brings players into the game and all of that stuff because as much as these games have been like really like up and down and chaotic, like we have had a bit more attacking impetus in these games. So I think. Um, I think, yeah, we have to be really happy with um, what we've seen and what we've done so far um, this week. Um, I think the way the results have panned out has been has been really, really good. Um, and yeah, especially after the, 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 the disappointment of the Southampton game um, a week ago where it just looked like we just wasn't going to get anything kind of going or, or get anything happening. Um, yeah, like it's a really nice turnaround. And obviously in other games that we'll speak about in a bit, um, teams around us have dropped points, so yeah. Now it's been a it's been a good five days to be an Arsenal fan. Yeah, it really has been. Um, maybe not the best time for Manchester United though, even though they have announced the appointment of their new manager, this guy Ten Hag from Ajax. Now. I think we've all been in awe of this young Ajax team that's been doing well in the Champions League and produced some quality players that have gone on to play for Barcelona and Juventus. Um, And even other teams as well, other big teams. So this is the guy that's, that's, that's been behind it. And, you know, he's off to Manchester United to work under Ragnarok. Ragnarok will be moving into his director of football role. You know, from what I've seen on social media, Manchester United fans seem to be quite happy that they've got the guy that they, you know, that they want. A guy who's going to give Man United some backbone and get them playing some good football again. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about his management style and about what to expect. So I'm just interested. I'm just going to be watching it with keen interest. Have you got any uh, any insights into Ten Hag and, and if you believe he'll be a success at Manchester United? Yeah, I think he was one of the names that I was looking at um, for for our role and he's been muted for a big job in a while. Um, I think he's a very good signing. I think he comes in at a stage where Man United are probably at their lowest point. In and in. It's really weird because obviously they had the they had the year where like Fergie went and Moyes was there and they had a bad season but they still had like Really good players. Then LVG came in, fifth and a fourth. Mourinho's kind of come in. Oli's done his thing. 
and now like Ragnik has just been just someone who's just there. So Ting Hard comes in at a place where the only way really is up. Um, the squad needs a lot of work, but he's someone who can who who likes projects. He's someone who can build stuff. He's gonna have a real good scope um, to speak to people. He gets a couple of months to kind of look at the job, start thinking about like what he wants to do before he actually starts the role. Um, and yeah, I think I think like you said, you've, they've got someone who's got a proven track record. He did really really well. Some of, some of the players who that played really good football have since got moves from Ajax over to the Premier League. Um, he's even got some players from the Premier League who weren't doing that well, doing exceptionally well in in his team. So Sebastian Haller is an example of that. I think yeah, I think he's he's a really interesting um, signing for United, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, there's a very good article here from the BBC about uh, um, Ten Hag's appointment and uh, they said even despite Manchester United coming over 180 million on Maguire, Varane, Lindelof and Bailly, United are still weak in central defence so they go on to say a lot as you can imagine, Uh, you guys can read this in the show notes Um, but they're putting quite a big focus on the big problem that there is at Manchester United at the moment, the futures of the players at the club, the, the contracts up in the air, players like Pogba and Lingard, Cavani and Mata, you know, what's going on? Um, do you think Manchester United need a rebuild? And is this actually going to be a difficult job for Ten Hag? Or is this, you know, maybe it's, it's actually perfect that there's so many players with futures in doubt, so many players who might have contracts running out, and it's just, you know, out with the old and in with the new. Yeah, that's the point I just made in the sense of because of where they are at the moment and there's so many things wrong with the club, you can kind of come in and completely like wield an axe to it. So sometimes what happens is when a manager comes in, if some if managers left when someone's done really well, it's a bit of a hard job to kind of come in because you want to continue continue what they do, but you want to put your stamp on it. But where Man United are at, things are so down he's going to have to come in and completely bring his own stamp to it. Lots of players are, are are due to go due to their contract. Some players look just out of form, out of inspiration. He's got a clean slate to go in there and, and make it exactly what he needs to make it. So I think it's a great time for him to come in. And you it. mentioned things being down, and um, this is a huge downer, the news of Cristiano Ronaldo's newborn twins and one of them passing away. Um, me personally, I always thought it would be really cool to have twins myself. Um, so to hear news of someone having twins and one in the passing away, it's, it's actually really heartbreaking. I think that would be devastating for any parent. Uh, I can't imagine the sadness uh, that the Ronaldo family feel. And it was it was actually um, quite inspiring to see Ronaldo playing against Arsenal uh, after you know so recently having such terrible news um, and he did seem in defiant mood and he got himself on the score sheet as well um, one I'm sure he would have uh, dedicated to his deceased child um, can I can I can I say a massive um, shout out to Liverpool um, and every single and obviously the main United fans that all attended um, the game in, in the midweek on Tuesday so after the news came out obviously Ronaldo didn't play in the match but um the 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 uh, the round of applause on seven minutes for Cristiano Ronaldo was 
genuinely like amazing so respectful and um to such a high standard that in the midst of what is a huge rivalry um liverpool obviously going for the title man united are like they're big they're big like local rivals because like manchester and liverpool aren't too far away obviously ronaldo's the biggest man united player and of, of the last few generations but for them to kind of park all of that to to, to give um such a special talent um that kind of um that kind of um support and and like thoughtful applause um i just really want to um acknowledge liverpool and all the fans in the stadium on 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 that day I'm glad you brought that up, Ash, because I thought the seventh minute was a really nice touch as well. Um, and uh, the opposite... Yeah, they've done it in the seventh. They've done it in the seventh minute because mm. it was number seven for Ronaldo. Really nice touch. And um, something that wasn't a really nice touch was Harry Maguire receiving a bomb threat. Absolutely shocking stuff going on there. Um, this little article uh, from ESPN that talks about that here. Um, so, obviously, that meant that his head was in a mess. Ronaldo's head was in a mess. You know, you could kind of, I suppose, make some excuses for Manchester United and say that, you know, two of their bigger players um, had uh, personal issues, you might want to call it. Uh, Maguire was dropped for the game. He didn't play against Arsenal. Um, and understandably, with um, him having a bomb threat, um, did you think that that could have possibly changed the result if Maguire had started the game? No, because I don't think he's been in great form. But then again, um, neither has Varane. Neither has anyone, really. I went for United's team the other day and I can't think of too many people that have had good seasons. Um, Ronaldo statistically has had a good season because of his numbers. Um, I haven't always been happy with his performances. Um, the gay seemed to have regained some of his form to the point that obviously Dean Henderson hasn't really been seen much this season when last year there was a bit of a to and thrown in terms of who was going to be the number one. But um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I just think there's just been limits with a, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, by United players. So I think, yeah, Maguire's been going for a rough time. And I don't know, like this, this story is obviously really, really um, sad. You don't want to hear it. And yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a lot going on in Manchester at the moment and it's not all good. So, yeah, it's weird that there's, there's just so much happening at that club. So I think, yeah, they just need they need the summer ASAP. For sure. And uh, we've got a quote here from amanunite.com um, with Ragnick saying, Harry's had a tough week, so I decided to give him a rest and play with Varane and Lindelof. So it seems like a pretty good decision because if Maguire did make some mistakes, that would have been the headline, wouldn't it? Should you have even played him in the first place? What a mess for Manchester United. Um, moving on to a situation that is a bit cleaner and clean sheets. Leicester versus Aston Villa, you know? Um, is that kind of game kind of looks like it's got draw written all over it. Um, I don't think either of the teams are looking like they're going to do anything particularly special. Villa might be thinking they need to stave off relegation, but uh, they should be safe. They should be okay. Um, any thoughts on that one, Ash? Um, it was a nothing game. Leicester just care about their European um, their European semi final. Um, and there's a bit of a theme of that kind of coming up over the next few days in terms of like maybe rotation of squads, 
there's still four teams very much active in European competition at the moment from 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 England. Um, five if you include Rangers. So yeah, it's just that balance in that right of still having to show up for the league, but also um, making sure that like your players are at their peak for for probably what's going to be like I can't tell you the next time Leicester and we'll get onto them a bit later on West Ham are going to have another are going to have another European semi-final so so yeah I think maybe it was a bit of a missed opportunity for Aston Villa considering that Leicester's thought process is going to be more on more on Thursday than maybe on the game on Saturday Mm. Let's move on to Manchester City versus Watford. The score there being Manchester City 5. Bro, bro, bro. Did you get any of the I am so pissed off. Did you let get me any explain of the to you what happened? Nah, nah, let me actually explain to you what happened, yeah? And this is this is God's honest truth. Here we go. I was talking, I was, I was, I was sorting out my fantasy team. I was actually proper, proper, proper sorting out my fantasy team, yeah? And... I needed a striker to replace Lacazette. And I put Gabriel Jesus in. And then I was like, mm, I don't know if he's definitely going to start. And Chelsea have two games. So there's Timo Werner or there's Gabriel Jesus who could play, who might not play, or there's Werner with two games. I didn't click except for Gabriel Jesus. I took him out. I brought in Werner. Hey. I'm pissed. I am pissed. The moment I saw he was starting, I said it's a problem. I actually went to a play. Um, I went to see a play, um, a, an amazing play actually, um, very much off football, but to do with like, um, it's at the Royal Court Theatre for the next few days called um, um, what's around black men? Um, what's it called? Um, when black men consi- when black men consider suicide, when the hue of life gets too much. Like brilliant, brilliant play. Anyone who wants to um, go down there, I would very much recommend it. Right, but back to football. I'm not going to say that decision made me think of that, but I was very pissed off that I didn't just go with my gut and just say, you know what, let's just run with it. But it speaks a lot about pet roulette. It speaks a lot about just you can't trust anyone from City to play every game or you don't know who's going to show up. Like to, like there was no Foden, no Mares, no Bernardo Silva. Um, Walker didn't play. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard it's hard to predict what they're gonna do in terms of a lineup. What you can normally predict is that they're gonna win the game and play entertaining football, which is exactly what they did yesterday. Yeah, most definitely. Um, we can get into FPL in uh, a little while. I was a little frustrated myself, but not so much because of Jesus. But with this game in particular, I, I played my wild card and I brought in Cancelo. And it was that Kamara goal ruining my clean sheet. Man, that was so annoying. But I think this kind of a scoreline, we could have predicted that. You know, if you were going down the bookies, you would have been thinking, yeah, this is the kind of game where you think Watford aren't really going to be able to do much to stop City and City are going to slap them. So, yeah, you could have stuck a, a couple of quid on a 5-1 win. Why not? Those odds would have been decent. You might have got 10 to 1 or something like that. Um, and yeah, fantastic performance from Jesus. Let's see if he can continue that form to the end of the season. Uh, a couple of assists from De Bruyne. 
I did like that um, the assist from Zinchenko, the way he kind of fizzed it across. Um, you know, any little touch on that, and that's going in the back of the net. That's the kind of crosses I like to see. But swiftly moving on, we've got Norwich nil, Newcastle three. It's a tactical masterpiece, a masterclass from Eddie Howe. I mean, I know it's only Norwich, so you can't get too excited, right? But he's moved Joe Linton into midfield, got the guy picking up some form and getting some confidence. Then he's put him back up front, right? He's put him back up front and the guy bags two goals. So it's looking it's looking like whatever's going on at Newcastle is working because I've looked at the table and I had no idea that Newcastle had gotten themselves into the top 10, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, we we flagged it up on a, a couple of um, episodes ago. Remember, we were talking about Eddie Howe to be manager of the uh, manager of the month. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like their form, their form is outstanding. I think their form is their form since you know there's weird those weird ones where from this part or that part, but I think their form across the last twenty three games has we put them sixth in the league. Um, their form from like a certain day in in January puts them third in the league. Like they've been, they've been, they haven't obviously been banging out with Man City and Liverpool because, but in a short space of time they've been an exceptional, an exceptional team and they've been super consistent. And I think I think four wins in their last five as well. Um, more than anything is they're not really. It's not like they're they're spraying lots of goals. Like they've got a nice balance between like defensive resolve. Um, like tenacity and levels of creativity in midfield and then they're picking up enough goals and spreading them around quite evenly as well so we had Trippier score a couple um to help them win Chris Wood got a penalty the other day you're now saying Joe Linton's got a couple Willett scored Bruno Gamarez has scored four in his seven games now it's just those little things where they're like they've had like goals from defenders Fabian Scher scored yeah they're doing they're doing enough and yeah, credit to them, man. Credit to them for for doing so well, and like you said, getting themselves into the top half of the table. Like they're ninth, they're ninth, which is absolutely crazy. Amazing. I didn't expect group. Uh, I can't even say his name properly. Gumarish. Yeah, Bruno. I didn't expect Bruno to be a goal scoring midfielder. I thought he might come in and be more of a defensive uh, type, but he's he's doing the business. He was linked with Arsenal, and you know when you see how he's played for Newcastle, you kind of think to yourselves. Maybe yeah, we could have done with a bit of his talent uh, in North London. Mm. But commiserations to Norwich. That, that is an embarrassing home defeat for them. On to Brentford and another embarrassing team, Tottenham Hotspurs. Brentford, nil. Tottenham Hotspurs, nil. Penny for your thoughts, sir. Great result for Arsenal. Um, Spurs are really like that last for the first 45 minutes. Um and then kind of picked up in the second half. I think, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I just think they, um, they've they lost something with Doherty. Doherty was doing really well for them, um, like pushing them up. And he's a much more kind of stable attacking threat for them. Um, Emerson Royale, I don't, he's a bit, mm, he's a bit something else. But um, yeah, since he's been out of the team, um, it's actually slightly affected how they've gone. I mean, they scored the four against um, Aston Villa, but since then they've been very kind of quiet in terms of being in front of being in front of goals. So 
Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, hopefully they'll drop a few more points before we have to play them, so it means that our game isn't even that important. But I still think that's the big game. Whoever wins that game, I think will actually win the the, the top four spot now. Um, I think it is really all on that game. Um, we'll we'll have two points on them. They still got to play Liverpool, which hopefully means that they'll lose three points there. But I can see us still dropping points somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think that game will essentially decide who who gets the who gets the top four position. Might just do. I like to think of Emerson as being a cheeseburger, since his name reminds me of a Royale with cheese. Um, shout out to Sessignon. I don't like the fact that he plays for Spurs, but I've always liked his game, and I thought he played quite well against Brentford. Um, but Brentford just seem to be grinding out these results. I think it's amazing that they sit 12th in the Premier League after getting promoted uh, from the Championship, and they're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty good right now. Um, so yeah, let's see. It might be upwards and onwards for Brentford next season maybe you will see them challenging for a top six place maybe not because we know the second season is always harder than the first one when the team gets promoted so let's move on to sunday's games now that saturday's games have all been wrapped up we've got brighton and Hove albion 2 southampton 2 now i didn't actually watch any of these sunday games so there's not a whole lot that I can say about these. However, I can see that James Ward-Prowse has scored two goals. Mm. Um, so for a centre midfielder, it's always amazing to see them getting two goals. I can only imagine that one of them must have been a free kick because we know how good yeah. that's scoring. Yeah, one was a free kick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one was actually a free kick. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot at stake in this game either. The, the, like at this part of the season... Some of these games are just going to be a bit, mm, bit needy, really a bit mediocre, not a whole lot happening. Southampton sitting in 13th, Brighton not too far away from them in 11th, hmm. 41 points for Brighton, 40 points for Southampton, not going to get relegated, not going to qualify for Europe, you know, it's what it is. Hmm. Um, unless you've got anything else to add, I think we can swiftly move no. on. Keep it moving. I watched. I watched. Um, I did watch this game though. I had it on in the background. So Burnley have beaten Wolves one nil. Um, again, going back to fantasy manager, I had Roberts on my bench. Um, Lacazette coming for one minute stopped me from getting fifteen more points through um, Roberts, the right back on on Wednesday. But this time I decided to start him. And yeah, he kept a clean sheet. And Mateo Vidra um, scored um, the winner that actually takes Burnley out of the the relegation zone and puts Everton in the relegation zone for the first time this season and the first time since December 2019. Um, Everton are in a lot of trouble, you know. Mm. They're in a lot of trouble. I know they've got um, games in hand on Burnley but yeah they're in, they're in a lot of trouble and the recent kind of run of results has kind of really just tightened everything up like remember Leeds were struggling at one stage but they've they've got 10 points out of their last 13 out of their last um, 15 sorry 10 points out of their last 12 it's a good thing they went on that run because otherwise they would be cut adrift now um, and they would really be struggling so they play Palace tomorrow. They still need to get some stuff out of that game. But then even Palace, 
Palace are only on 37 points now, so if Leeds were to win that, whew, whew, it's getting a bit it's getting a bit tasty down there, man. It's very tasty. Um shout out to Roberts. I I have noticed that he's been picking up quite a lot of points recently, mm. and I've been a bit reluctant to put him in my team just because Burnley are such a Jekyll and Hyde team. You don't really know what kind of results you're going to get from them. They used to be pretty good defensively, but they've been leaking goals. Um, so, yeah, I just I just have no confidence in their defence, to be honest. Although, actually, I did have Pope in my defence for a couple of games recently um, when they had all of their double game weeks and stuff. But it, that was more me thinking uh, bonus points for making saves and stuff that, like that. Not necessarily that they're going to get clean sheets. Um, but, there you go. And yeah, that mixer right there with Everton right below them leads above them. I mean, Everton do have the game in hand on Burnley and so do Leeds. But I don't think Everton are playing with the most confidence. Um, and anything could happen. Honestly, I think anything could happen. There's still quite a few games to go. So we're going to have to see. It's definitely looking like Norwich and Watford are finished. But we're going to have to see. This This is really hot enough. I'm quite excited about the yeah. battle this season. I think um, just looking at it, so um, just on a quick one, I just want to check um, a couple of people's fixtures because I really want to know what um, Everton games are coming up just because I think they, I think some of them play each other, but I just need to work out exactly who plays who. Um so I think that's one of the key things that we always have to look at in these relegation battles. It's like who's actually playing who. Um, so I know there's, I think, I know that there was one, I think Newcastle played play Burnley on the last game of the season. Pretty sure that's one of the things that happened. But yeah, let me just quickly bring up the fixtures because I really want to bring up the, the thingy bit. What are you saying about the relegation battle? Have you got like a, a pick for exactly who you think it's going to be? Like, who's, who the third person's going to be? I couldn't tell you, mate. Uh, I couldn't tell you at all. I do think that Everton have more quality than Burnley and Leeds. However, mm. I'm not so sure... I'm not so sure if... I just don't know how it's all going to work out. I'm not so sure if they're going to be able to pull themselves out of that third place that they're currently in. That 18th place. Uh, um, and... I don't know why Corney wasn't playing today. Maybe he was injured, injured or yeah. Maybe he'll be back. Well, I don't know if he's out for the Everton. season. Everton have a really interesting run of games. So they've got they've got Chelsea at home, Leicester away. Now that Leicester could be off the back of them either going to a final or being knocked out. So we don't know what, what state they're going to be in. They've got Watford away, Brentford at home, Crystal Palace at home. Now... And then Arsenal away final game of the season. That is, that's a very interesting run. Burnley's run is Watford away next, Aston Villa at home, Tottenham away, Aston Villa away, and then Newcastle at home. Burnley have the, the probably the better running. Um, but Leeds, they've got Palace away. And then they're at home to City. Then they're away to Arsenal. Then they're at home to Chelsea. And then last game of the season at home to Brighton. So they've got the toughest running out of all three. Oh, this is tense. <laughs> this the is way tense. Palace are playing, Palace could slap Leeds. 
You don't expect I don't know, man. to do anything against. I don't know. They've lost their. They've lost their last two. They've lost their last two. I think. I think Leeds get something tomorrow. Definitely, Leeds get something tomorrow. I'm going to the game actually. All right. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there, guys. So yeah, shout out to Dad. Me and Dad are gonna go down and watch Leeds. So um, yeah, let's make it happen. I'm sure you'll be hoping for a Leeds win. Yeah, I will do actually. I'm. 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 I'm gonna wear something white tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know what. But I'm gonna wear something white in honor of Leeds. That's a nice touch. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, it seems like you're definitely rooting for Leeds to stay up. Me personally, I'm not that invested. I'm not really sure who's gonna stay up, who's gonna go down. Uh, I'm just intrigued to find out. But uh, if we move on to one of our last fixtures to talk about, we've got Chelsea versus West Ham. Chelsea won that one, one nil. Um, form is bit up and down for Chelsea, a little bit of a blip against um, Arsenal um, with Rudiger being out injured, but they've returned to winning ways. Tight 1-0 win against West Ham. Um, obviously, a, a London derby is always going to be a tough match. Just because they've got two games in this double game, we've piled up and put three Chelsea players in mm. my team, secured their whole attack, Werner, Havertz, Mount, and they did absolutely nothing. Nathan. Um, and what actually got me a little bit annoyed is because I thought about putting Alonso. Actually, Alonso was in my team because I had the wild wild card, mm. and he was in one of my wild card drafts until I decided I'm just going to pile up on attackers instead because Rudiger's out, mm. and then they're going to get a clean sheet. And uh, Alonso got more points than all three of those guys put together. <laughs> yeah, it's how it works sometimes, hey, man. That's how it goes. Um, any thoughts on West Ham at all? Um, Looks like they're, they're struggling yeah. to get into that uh, top six right now. But their focus isn't on it. Their focus is is on winning the Europa League, and they've got a great a great opportunity to do that. Like we didn't see Antonio, we didn't see Rice until the sixty fifth minute. Bowen was 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 um relaxed um and was on the bench for a number of things like. The 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 league isn't anything, and that's an interesting point because we play them next. But that's in the middle of their semi-finals. So actually, it's a good time for Arsenal to play someone like West Ham, considering what we're going through, but what they're going to be going for as well. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But So even though they rotated the squad, mm. they didn't concede a goal to the last minute of the game. And mm. they got a man sent off in the 86th minute. And then he conceded in and around the 90th minute. So it kind of looks like maybe if they didn't get a man sent off, maybe they could have, you know, got a result. Yeah, 100 they could have been back in the mix definitely I'll, I'll be looking forward to watching the rest of the day uh, see some highlights and see how well they did or how well it looks like they did because you know how it goes with the highlights sometimes uh, the highlights can make the game look a bit different to how it actually was big facts um, last result of the weekend Liverpool to Everton nil we've just talked uh, quite extensively about Everton and their chances for relegation now it's time to talk up Liverpool and their chances for the title this is your prediction the third time lucky the guys going for the quadruple still in all competitions still possible to do it one point behind City in second place how's your prediction feeling do you do you feel do you feel confident in it do you feel like maybe you you could change it or i, mean, I, 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 I didn't 
I said I think they'd. Pi- I think I said I think Liverpool will pip it. I, I didn't say it with chest because I don't know genuinely. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know because like I see, I'm just seeing. This is the stuff that happens, right? Again, looking at fixtures, you've got some of the games that on paper look very simple. Stop being, stop being really simple. So if I look at if I look at their fixtures, leads away in a relegation battle. Newcastle at home, they're safe. West Ham away, that's just going to come off the back of West Ham having played in Europe or potentially with them having a, a, a cup final with a few days to go. Then you've got Aston Villa at home, their season will be done and dusted. Um, but the only thing is you've got Stevie G. Um, could he maybe do something to help his old team? And then you've got Wolves away, which still needs to kind of be um, scheduled. Then when you look at Liverpool's fixtures... Um, Liverpool have got Newcastle away so obviously like Newcastle aren't the best travellers but they've been very good at St James's Park they've actually won six games in a row so if they were to beat Liverpool that'd be seven then you've got Tottenham at home now for me Tottenham at home is the hardest game out of like, the, like what both teams have um, so that's going to be true for them Aston Villa away is obviously linked in with Steven Gerrard I reckon they'll win that and then you've got Southampton away and you got Wolves at home final day of the season. So I think it's very conceivable that both teams win all all of those games and then Manchester City see it through. But mm. I feel like I feel like someone's gonna blink. I don't know who, but I feel someone's gonna blink and yeah, we'll see what happens from there. We'll see. I I was excited about this this result, um, because I put Robertson and Salah into my FPL I team. Smacked it. So yeah, I got the goal and the assist. That, that I was quite happy with that. Um, in terms of the the title, I think they might actually be. I think they. I don't know why I've got this idea, but I've just got the feeling that they might be focusing on winning other trophies more than winning the Premier League. I don't know why I feel like that, mm. but I suppose maybe because you know they when they had that the, the league game and we said to ourselves, whoever wins this game will go on and win the Premier League, and they didn't win. They got a draw. Um, but then they did beat City in the cup, didn't they? So yeah, I didn't really, I don't really, I don't really. Cl- to me, the, the the cup was especially like when I saw City's team um, with Stefan. It wasn't, it wasn't the best City team against the best Liverpool team, and then they they, they topped them. There were a lot of players missing for, for, especially for City. So I'm not really. I don't think that's important. I think I think the, the league match was the was a really important one. I can't say I agree with you because City's team is always good. When they rotate the team, they've always got top boys in it. Fair enough, Grealish might come in and he's not been a sensation for them this season. But, you know, the likes of uh, Ake and Stones are still good defenders. They still had Cancelo and, and uh, Silva. Um, and Jesus who scored four goals the other day. So, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't the top ones though. There was no Rodri, there was no Diaz. Like Edison makes such a huge difference to that team. We saw what happened. Look, Edison, Edison Edison had the ball on the line, was able to pass it off. Stefan had the ball on the line, they end up scoring. Like just Edison, even yeah. see what I'm saying? Like those little differences make and Liverpool played their best available team for that. So yeah, we'll see. Let's see let's see what happens next. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think Liverpool are absolutely fantastic, but because they are in so many competitions and because City has 
a, a more narrowed focus, mm. I think City will have a better chance of winning the Premier League because mm. they're not spreading themselves too thin, whereas Liverpool are everywhere. Mm. Um, uh, so that's just my personal take on it. But we'll see. There's only one point uh, separating the teams and we know how it goes in the Premier League. Anything can happen. Um, we actually forgot to talk about Rudigan. We just talked about Chelsea just now. Mm. And this was literally breaking news when I found out about it. Um, absolutely breaking. There's actually a couple of stories to talk about regarding Chelsea, actually. So uh, forgive me for not bringing those up. So the Rudiger thing, pretty much just randomly found it uh, before we started recording today. And I didn't realise that this guy has a contract that running out. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I've known that for a while. Like his contract has been a massive dispute for ages, and a lot of teams have been looking, like actually looking at him. So he's got the choice to go anywhere where he wants, and he's a very good defender as well. So, so yeah, so his contract is running out, and of of course, as you've right, very rightly stated, all of the top teams in Europe are going to be interested in signing this guy on a free transfer, and with Chelsea in their situation with the owner having to face sanctions and kind of like having a transfer embargo and a lot of financial problems, they haven't really been able to renegotiate his contract in the way that, you know, you would probably want to reward one of your best players, right? With a bumper contract and make sure you tie him down. But financial restrictions in place, they can't. Mm. So, you know, the ball's in his court, um, player power and more power to him. He could be anywhere next season. He could be at PSG, he could be at Real Madrid, who knows? And uh, there's an article here in Sky Sports where Tuchel has actually confirmed that Rudiger will be leaving at the end of the season. He says, we gave everything, but we could not fight anymore because of the actions. Without the sanctions, we would at least be able to carry on fighting, but our hands are tied. We don't take it personally. It is his decision. How about that? Antonio Rudiger gone. I think with if Rudiger played against Arsenal, we might not have been able to beat them or at least not score four yeah, goals. He bring, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He because brings a really good intensity to what they to what they do. We saw Christensen, he was all over the place. And um Rudiger's just that solid Mr. Consistent. So uh, he's gonna be a huge loss. And Thiago Silva's not getting any younger. So, you know, Thiago Silva might have one of those seasons where you just think he's a shadow of his former self next season. You might think, what happened? Uh, Chelsea in a bit of trouble. And they haven't got the money as well to replace him. They're probably going to have to play Chalabar or or, um, the other young French defender. So, they're in a bit of trouble. I think that is huge news because Rudiger and a free, I mean... It's going to be a great signing for anybody, really. Absolutely fantastic. Um, more Chelsea news. We've got this. I thought this was an excellent piece of news when I heard about it. And I found it broke in the Versus publication. Shout out to Versus. Lewis Hamilton and Serena Williams have pledged funds towards the Chelsea takeover bid. So as we know, loads of teams, loads of um organizations have come together and tried to bid to take over Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Serena 
and Lewis have become involved in it. Now, myself as a black person, I always love to see black ownership and, and black people getting equity and to see two of the world's most prominent black sports personalities involved in a takeover bid for one of the biggest football clubs in the world. I, I just feel like what's not to like. I hope that they are successful and I would love to see uh, part ownership in Chelsea by Serena Williams and Lewis Hamilton. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge deal, right? Um, if they can get this going and make this happen, then they are very much in a really great position to be able to to, to, to really rock this and and yet yeah, like it's 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 big news. Um, I think we need to just kind of review the Chelsea situation. I think depending on what happens in in the next few months, I think there could be some changes with that. Um, but yeah, like we've had we've seen that LeBron have shares at Liverpool and do stuff like that. We've seen other like global sports stars contribute to the Premier League. So. Yeah, why not? This seems like a really good time for them to get involved. So yeah. I, I would absolutely love to see it. Um, apparently, there are three groups shortlisted to purchase mm. the club for £2.5 billion. And the one that Serena and Lewis are part of is the Broughton Consortium. So I'm going to be doing my Googles on them and watching that organisation with keen interest. Yeah, that sounds crazy. That's pretty much our fixtures wrapped up. Just one or two news items to talk about now. Um, a surprising one for me. Sean Dash. Okay. Was that surprising for you? Sean the, t- the, the, timing, the timing was surprising, but they've been struggling all year. He's had a lot of credit in the bank and normally he's able to turn it around, but the one thing I would say is we've been waiting for him to turn it around for a little while he hasn't quite got there it's like oh they're gonna go on a run oh it's coming it's coming and it's like oh it never really came so i'm not surprised by that bit what i am surprised about is maybe like the timing um but sometimes you make a decision not just for now but you make a decision for the future so maybe they thought even if they do go down he's not the guy to bring them back up um which again is very it's weird it's, you wouldn't expect it of of, of them but um so far it's it's looked like a decent bit of business because they've been able to to get up the table to do well and yeah they're actually doing a lot better than they were previously um i do like the fact that the then the interim coach's name is michael jackson that uh, does make me laugh a little bit um i don't know anything about this fella mm-hmm. but uh, i'm sure he's going to do the business and get some results as you said but I was just surprised to see it. Um, I think Dash has been solid for Burnley in the amount of time that he's been. He's been there a long time. Mm. Ten years in this article from Sky Sports you've got here. It says they've been, he's been there for ten years. Wow. Um, so I think I've got to give him a pat on the back because he's, he's done well for them. Got them promoted. Kept them in the Premier League. Um, but now that they're in trouble, he's got the chop. Um, so... Maybe that's just the way it goes in football. The jobs are never secure, really, are they? Yeah, never. In other news, we've got Fulham getting promoted. Come on. Back into the Premier League. Back for the first time. 
I mean, I, lo- I love saying that. This is like one of my is, favorite things to say. It's really weird, but I love it. This is this is the thing about this one is this is like an immediate rebound, isn't it? They got relegated last season, and now they actually won the championship in the back. Did they get relegated last season? Oh, am I missing a trick here? Uh, was it not last season when Scott Parker was in charge and they got relegated? Um, and they've spent the whole of this season in the championship and now they've got promoted again with a new coach? Maybe. Yeah, the season's kind of blurring into one at the moment, man. So, yeah, maybe I think well, you're right. Yeah, all, this, right. all this COVID and stuff is just... Uh, yeah. So much has happened. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know too much about what's going on with this Fulham team and who's in the squad and what's going on, but... I would have thought they've pretty much still got the same players that we saw last time they were in the Premier League. Guys like Bobby Cordova, Reed, um, Mitrovic. Um, they had a left back that scored quite a few goals in the Championship before they came up to the Premier League. Mm. Um, they had an American left back as well, Robertson. I did like Robertson's game, and I thought he was a good player. But um, yeah, they're back. I, I like Fulham. I do like the cottage. I think they've got a nice little stadium there. And um, yeah, I'll look forward to watching them next season. Yeah, you liked another one of the players that can't, can't, can't he? Remember, you liked, yeah, you, yeah, they were here last year because you liked one of their players. I remember there's a particular player that you liked that um they had. So yeah, but you know, good, good, yeah. good, 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 good to have them back, man. Good to have them back. I don't I like remember Fulham. what particular player it was. Uh, I just liked the club. I like Fulham, man. I don't oh, remember. that's it. You liked Sean Davis. Sean, yeah, you yeah, know what it was. You liked it Sean was, Davis. It was when Chris Coleman was manager. Yeah. And even when John Tagano was managed, because John Tagano was signing loads of like big players. Um, but yeah, when Chris Coleman was that, he was he was managing Fulham for years and they were playing some great football and they were combat even someone like Sean Davis just seemed like he just seemed to exemplify what Chris Coleman was all about, you know. Great footballing ability, tech. Um, but at the same time, like he ain't nothing to mess around and he just he had that playground football like that 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 he just had this roadman style of game that just for me felt quintessentially London. I love this game. Mm. Why, does, why doesn't he do media work? He should talk that talk, man. I'm pretty sure he could uh, he could get some work. Everyone would want to hear what Stephen Davis is going to say. Maybe he will. Look out for him. Hey, why not? Maybe we should get him on the pod. Get Stephen Davis on the play on podcast. If you can make that happen, let's go. <laughs> um, how much news have we got left? Just a couple of stories. Um, here's a fantastic one another uh, one of your amazing contributions let's talk this Bayern Munich talk Ash talk to me 10 10 what 10 titles in a row wow. um, I mean it speaks it speaks a lot to the state of the Bundesliga but I think you have to acknowledge just how difficult it is to win a title in any league and to do it 10 times in a row. Yes, they have the most resources. Yes, they that. But they haven't done it before. Like normally, a Dortmund comes up or we've had Wolfsburg do things before or there could be like another team that could maybe like get into the mix and be close. But yeah, they've they've consistently showed up. Um, won a title normally at a canter. Um, and yeah, like 10, 10 titles in a row is a massive achievement. So well done. But I think, I think it's only... I think it's only one Champions League in that time so I think there's a lot to be said about this dominance of the German league versus how it actually plays out across the wider European scene Interesting I didn't see that coming um, well 
the game that they won was against their fierce title rivals Dortmund. They slapped them 3-1 and it was the old rear guard Robert Lewandowski ever faithful on the score sheet. The, the new boy Jamal Musiala, the youngster coming through and also Serge Gnabry, the old Arsenal player. There's a lot of Arsenal fans that would love to see Serge come back to Arsenal. Not too long ago, he had a, a picture of himself in an Arsenal shirt on his social media. Drove the fans crazy. What do you think about a potential return to Arsenal for Serge Gnabry? We need we need quality wingers, especially on that left-hand side. So, yeah, I'm down for that, man. I'm down for that. He can play either side. He can play through the middle. Yeah, I'm having him. Having him 100%. Oh, can you imagine? Gnabry on the left and Saka on the right, both of them cutting in on their uh, strong foot. Ooh. Yeah, I'm having that all day. With the fullbacks overlapping. Oof. But yeah, that could be naughty. Um, well, we'll see because Bayern might not want to get rid of him, but uh, I'm not sure what's going on with his contract. If they offered him a new contract and if it was running out, maybe he'd let it run out and he'd want to come back home. Who says no? Shout out to Bayern. Ten titles in a row. Swiftly moving on. Copa del Rey. Um, another fantastic achievement in Europe. This one, you know, maybe it's not worth so much of a song and dance as you would talk about with Bayern winning ten titles in a row. But the interesting thing about it is the old boy, Joaquin, he's a player that I used to watch years ago in the Spanish league. Um, and I used to play football manager games and, and I used to manage him and he's always been a quality player mm. he's 40 years old he's retiring at the end of the season and he gets one last trophy before he hangs off his boots so it's just quite, quite a nice footballing story for a football legend in Spain to get a, a trophy to win the Copa del Rey one more time before he retires Pellegrini the coach over there and another interesting fact about this title win is Arsenal have a player on loan at Real Betis and it's just you know there's this thing that Arsenal fans have about every time Arsenal players go on loan they end up being more successful (laughs) Um, you know we've had players go on loan in France and they're playing in Europe and we're not playing in Europe we've got Bellerin go on loan to Spain and he's going to want a cup He's going to win the Copa del Rey. Um, and uh, I think he's probably going to stay there as well. I think that that deal might be getting made permanent. Okay. So congratulations to Bellerin and Real Betis. I used to watch Betis back in the day. They had the Nielsen back in the day. Do you remember the Nielsen, the Brazilian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went for like 32 mil at one stage. Oh, I think he was really one of the expensive. yeah one of the most expensive flops of all time, wasn't he? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Betis was good. The Betis and Seville derby was tasty at one stage. Mm-hmm. And they used to do like little bits in, in Europe and every now and then. So, yeah, man, nice, no, good, it's good, it's good for Yeah, man. Um, shout out to them, man, there. And uh, last story that I'd like to talk about is Paris Saint Germain. Um, they've won the title, they've done the business, they've done it. Got an article here from the BBC talking about the game that they won against Lance. Mm. 1-1. Guess who scored, Ash? Neymar. Leo Messi scores the goal, wins Paris Saint-Germain the title. 
in his first season at the club. He's only scored four goals, uh, but he scores the important goal, the one that wins them the league. And Pochettino gets to win the league. Um, so I'm quite happy for Poch now that he's not Spurs manager. Um, nice to see him getting some titles. Nice to see Messi getting a, a title after he's left Barcelona. Um, <coughs> I think it's quite a nice story. Maybe you could say they're in a similar situation to Bayern, where you expect them to win the title every year anyway. Mm. But they still have it. So, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. It's interesting because it seems like um, Pochettino is on the verge of being sacked by a Paris Saint Germain, um, and apparently Antonio Conte is looking at the job as well. So that's hot off the press. Really? So yeah, that's a little bit, a little bit of rumor, rumor monger. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. Conte to dip into Spurs and then dip out. I don't know. About that. I don't know about that to be honest. But if they did want to get rid of Poch, who else would come in? I mean. Unless they could uh, attempt to Chelsea leave Chelsea with with the um... he wouldn't go back. He wouldn't go back. You sure? Yeah, he wouldn't go back. Tuchel's not going to go back to PSG. Uh, maybe there's a, yeah. a bit of bad blood between the two anyway. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see exactly what does happen over the next few next few games. Yeah, well, I doubt they'll be hiring Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or someone like that. So that kind of brings us to the end of our football talk for today. Thank you so much, Ash, uh, for your contribution, as always. Uh, for those out there who want to catch the show notes, you can catch that on our social media, uh, specifically on the Twitter for Podcast Play On, at Podcast Play On. Um, you can also catch at Beer at Bants on Twitter if you want to join in with the football Bants and whatnot. Um, anything else that you wanna you wanna say right now before we sign out, Ash? Nah, just um, everyone take care of yourself. Um, and yeah, just continue to spread love, spread good vibes. Um, and yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in and rocking with us for so long. Sounding like an uncle right there, boy. Everybody take care of yourself. Look after. Make sure you get a sandwich. You know, put some crisps in your sandwich and that. Put your, your warm coat on. Don't catch a cold. Make sure you've got some tissues if you need to yeah. blow your nose. Yeah, you got to look after the, you got to look after the, the, the masses. Listen, without that, without, without them listening, we wouldn't, we wouldn't still be doing this. So, yeah, you have to give, you have to big up these people. No doubt, man. No doubt. Although you lot, like, you, you don't get too busy on the socials, so you you could step your game up in that regard. At podcast play on at beer at rants, get involved, get involved. You know, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. However you want to do it. I know you're probably all teenagers running around doing your Snapchat videos and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. But is what it is. Is what it is. Um. Well, I'm ready to roll out. Um. I'm sure Ash is too. Shout out to everybody out there and we will see you on the next one. Yeah, peace.